This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, welcome to Conduits of Trouble, Zolgad and Scoggins. And Chipper, I think if it's okay with you, we should definitely make this a Vikings-heavy conduits. Absolutely. Because uh, they are 6-2 and two now after beating Washington. We're taping this on Friday, and they beat them, obviously, on Thursday. So they're off for 10 days now before playing Kansas City. Uh, but your thoughts on a team that at 2-2, two and two, we thought the sky was falling and have come back and played pretty damn well for the last four games. Yeah, I would think you would have to say they're one of the better teams in the NFL now. Whereas... When we left Chicago, you're thinking, how's this team going to make the playoffs? And now, all of a sudden, four games later, four wins. Cousins, you know, he's on a, a career tear for him. The offense has the balance that we've been talking about. The defense is interesting because they're giving up some plays, but they're not giving – I mean, you know, people were acting like the sky was falling last night, and they gave up nine points. I know it's the – Redskins are horrible, and you're down to your right. rookie quarterback and all that. But at the end of the day, you gave up nine points, and so, right. and I think they're probably still—I don't know if they top five in scoring defense or definitely top. They eight. were six going into the so, Thursday night. I assume they're still, so they're probably moved up. Yeah, probably moved up, and so, um, just offensively, they they look like they've got it figured out. All right, so we, Collar and I got a question uh, when I joined him on uh, Purple Daily on Friday that said. Do we need to consider the Vikings change our thinking and, and consider the Vikings an offensive team now? To which I said, whoa, 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 that that wailing and gnashing of teeth you heard was coming from the coach's office in Egan. Yeah. Um, my response to Collar, Collar said yes. I said no, we don't, because here here's why. You've won four games and you played really well. And yeah. your your offense makes sense now and more power to you. And Cousins is playing great, and Cook is great, and Diggs is great. Uh, but I said no, because this defense has, is not great. I think it's good. It's yeah, not great. It's good. Xavier Rhodes is really struggling, mm-hmm. really not playing well. But Chipper, and I'm so excited for this, you're about to go into a four-game stretch in which three of the games are going to be really interesting. Kansas yeah. City, Dallas, Seattle, with the last two being primetime games. And I think if you tell this offense, go get them, boys, and the defense is going to try to – I don't think that works. I think that Zimmer needs to spend the next few days here working on his schematics, deciding something for Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And I think, Chip, when you come out against Kansas City, this defense needs to be – your offense needs to be good. So don't yeah. get me wrong there. Yeah. But this defense needs to be the calling card because if you just say, Kirk, flip the switch, whoo, you're asking a lot in a three-game – tough yeah. three games. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a, uh, an offensive team now, but – I would say the last, well, since Zim's got here, their identity's been defense. When you think, all right, what's the Vikings' identity? Well, defense. Mm-hmm. If you say, what is the Vikings' identity now? I think a lot of people are going to say Dalvin Cook. I could see that, yeah. And so I, I think it's, but I, I still don't think they're ever going to get away from who they are. And right. if they're going to be a team that contends, that defense has to be top five, right? Yes. And so if you're gonna contend for a Super Bowl yeah. or a and playoff run, yes. Sure. I agree completely. Um but I, I do think they're more I think they're more balanced now. I think there's flaws on both sides. Uh we saw the offensive line particularly 
elf line last night really struggle, and so that's a concern. Yeah, his pass protection. It was he. He just had a terrible night. It's yeah, it's standing out. And so, but you know, it's it's weird. That line is really good when you get them out and they can cut people out in the zone blocking and the screen passes when they're running down mm-hmm. the field and chop blocking people and getting them, not chop blocking, but cutting them. Yep. And, and, Zimmer, and Zimmer talked about it last night. Well, that, you know, that was the big thing with Glenn Mason, his offense. They they would cut blocking. And, and Zimmer, it's funny when he said, like last night, I kind of chuckled because that's what Mason used to always say that defensive guys hate when you go down low and get them at their legs. Sure. Um, but anyway, so, I, but then defensively, um, yeah, the the Rhodes thing is is interesting because, and maybe this has been happening all year, but it, to me it was just really pronounced last night. The teams are going at him. There was oh, yeah. no doubt that Case Keenan was targeted. Yep. One drive it was three passes target, uh, th- three passes his way. The next one it was two. Yep. So I think five of Keen, uh, Keenan's first nine passes were at Rhodes, and it was interesting to hear Zimmer defend him. And I didn't think he was going to trash him or, or criticize him, but he almost explained away all the, the passes that... Uh, he blamed himself. He yeah, said, he if, said it's a hitch, or, if it's a hitch pass and I don't adjust... And, th- and then the part that bothered me, I think, the most was there was no question that Xavier Rhodes committed a defensive pass interference penalty. He literally, as the ball was in the air, Chipper, yeah, he, he armbarred the guy in the face mask. Yeah. And Zimmer's like, I would have challenged that if I thought it could have been overturned. And I, you, you want to say, Mike, that's that's a DPI. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I, I keep going back to, and, and this is this actually probably makes Mike a better person, but I don't know if it's a great business or it's. I shouldn't say I don't know. I do know it's a bad business decision as a coach. Mm. Is you know he helped develop Rhodes and he turned him into this player and he was convinced that he could. Get the player back, Chip, and I just don't think he can. Well, and it's interesting that he he last night uh, compared him to a powered forward, and I think that's the first time. And we know he's a physical corner, and that's kind of how he wants to to play. He's not, you know, when he gets these speedy receivers, he's not going to be um like a forty yard dash guy. Now he's got to be physical. But and Xavier talked to uh, Andrew Kramer at my paper um, from my colleague from the Star Tribune last night and talked about the pass interference penalty he's getting and thinks he has kind of a little bit of a target on him. And maybe that's maybe that's so, but Zimmer talks about the time you can't be grabby. Right. And and I think, I wonder if one opposing teams are telling officials before the game, hey, 29 grabs a lot. Yep. Or if the officials are if you're just getting kind of a book on him with officials that, hey, he's grabbing a lot. Yeah, and I, well, and I, I also think now – more than ever, they're probably looking for that and mm-hmm. identifying that. But this also goes beyond that, too, because he's now, um, I think he's drawn seven penalties in the last eight games. A yeah. couple of them are holds, I think, but most are DPIs. But also, you just watch him play, and now he's, you know, when guys catch balls, he's farther off guys than He's out of position more. Yeah, he's out of position. I think his hip is screwed up. I don't think he's anywhere near healthy. He's 29 and, and breaking down. Yeah. But, Chip, the problem is this is not a two games in four days. He's not played well, and something no. has to be fixed. This is a year plus now, basically, of a decline at a position where if you lose a half a step, you're probably in a lot of trouble. Well, and the thing I've seen is a lot is like people said, "Well, they should bench him and play Mike Hughes." It's like that's a lot of money to have a guy being a backup. Although I, I would, you, in the next ten days, consider reversing the snap somehow. Now, I'm not. I'm not saying that Rhodes shouldn't play, 
but I would consider trying to reverse the snaps. Or because Mike Hughes' style of play actually fits the league now sure. much more than Rhodes'. Well, does. wasn't it interesting if you looked in the first half last night, second quarter? There was a I don't know if it's the full series, but there's definitely plays where um, Wayne's went out. Trey Wayne's went out, and they replaced him with Mike Hughes, yeah. and it's like. I thought it'd be, you know, I thought about no, they be. they rotate guys. Yeah, he rotates guys. Well, is is Holton Hill eligible now? Week nine, so one more game. So yep. Well, no, they're, they're through. They're, they're eight they're now. Eight so, game. Yeah, so he he should be back for Kansas if if they activate him. Yeah, and, and mean, who he knows? Did get suspended for two different. Yeah, off the field. I'm not violations. saying he's going to come in and start playing a lot, but but he's not a bad cornerback. No, he proved to he proved to be an, a nice player. I just I think that pass defense wise, starting with Rhodes. Mike probably has to look at things fairly harshly here w- with a critical eye, mm-hmm. not trying to defend guys, uh, because I just don't think when you're playing the Kansas Cities, the Dallases, and Seattles, and guys like Russell Wilson, and potentially in Kansas City, if he plays Patrick Mahomes, I don't think that you can just tell your offense, well, you're really good now, so go out there and just outscore them. No, no. That's that's not how this team is ever going I don't think Zimmer will ever get to that point, and... He's still going to have that. Hey, whatever the number is that they want to hold him to, seventeen or ten or whatever. You know, they're still going to have that number in their mind. I don't think that's going to be a moving target. Oh, now their offense is better, so we we right. can give up twenty four. Yeah, we'll, don't it, worry about it, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's we're getting yeah. torched in the passing game, but don't worry about it. Our offense is good. Yeah, um, I don't think he'll. I, I would be stunned if Zimmer ever uh, views his his identity as offensive because he, he has so much pride in that defense. But um, in saying it. The offense is pretty darn good right now, and, and Dalvin is special. I mean, he Agreed is. Completely. And I love last night where, and I said this, I wrote this a couple weeks ago, and, and I just think uh, Kevin Stefanski's in a real good rhythm right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that pass rush last night was kind of eating them up, and they were coming full force. So how do you slow it down? How do you counter it? Throw little screens. Just, I mean, let them come up, and he's just right, like dumped it over right over the top of them. And, and if you get the ball to Dalvin and, and Stefan Diggs, in in space, I mean they're so fast and shifty, and especially Dalvin. I mean he like that one screen we took was it thirty nine yards? That was ridiculous. I mean that was a, it was like it looked like a video a game. Spoof. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was like this is not and real. He did the same thing to the Giants, and and now granted Washington and the Giants both have shortcomings, but still it's remarkable to watch they're a professional an athlete yeah. run through those guys like they're butter. Yeah, and I I just think it's you know. The right number of touch to get twenty three carries and five catches. He was targeted six times. He had the one drop. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, just catch the ball. And I run. know. Well, that's the thing about Cousins last night. So Cousins was what twenty three or twenty six. I don't think he had a true incompletion that was on him. He was right? twenty three or twenty six. Yes. Because he had two throwaways where he's getting run out of the pocket and he just throws it in the stands. Which, by the way, good. How about yeah, that? There you go. That's progress. Do that in Green Bay, and you're in much better shape. <laughs> so I think those two, and then the Dalvin Dropper is three. So he was and. It, yeah, he didn't right. take a lot of deep shots. The one the the digs was a beauty. The thirty one yarder down to the sideline, he dropped that one in perfect. But he, you know, I think they were uh, the degree of difficulty on his passes last night were not as great as some of the deep shots we've seen. But, but you know what I liked? Kirk tried to do playing against a team that you knew he was amped up to play yeah. against his old team. I love the fact that he didn't try to do too much. Take I was very worried. Yeah. Hey, when's that dumb fumble going to be? Or when's that? Um, hero pass that gets picked yeah. off and returned yeah. going to be. He didn't do any of that. Well, Zimmer said they were taking away the deep shots that they've been getting the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so he was just, they played yeah, so he was just content to take the screens, we'll take the slants. That's the other thing. Is like if, if, if corners are not going to press digs 
and they're going to play off. Man, kill him with that slant and screen. And right. he, can, he can turn short two-yard passes into 20-yard gains easy. Can you explain football people to me no. as well? No, no. If you watch the Vikings on film, why wouldn't you press Thielen and Diggs consistently? Because you're worried that, that you, if you don't get a good jam, you're in trouble. You're going to give get up a good home jam. run. Yeah, I then mean, I'll take my chances. But that that might be that might be the no, team, it is. That but might be the Tim's admitting that our corners are not that good at this. So we better right. But the jam, the jam's a physical. Yeah, that's a, just a try thing. Mm-hmm. Worst I think case you get flagged for. Yeah, yeah. But I think teams are scared to do that just because if if you miss, you're it, you're done. It, you're probably giving up a home run. I've always said with those two though, what I would do is take away their because they're they're competitors. I would attempt to take away their will. Because I would jam them every time. Because if you get hit in the mouth and hit in the mouth and hit in the mouth, eventually you're like, "Am I going to get hit in the mouth all day?" Yeah. But if, you, but if you have free release off the line, with especially with Diggs, I mean, if you're Treadwell, give them free release. I, yeah. I don't give a damn. But yeah, with Diggs or Thielen, mm-hmm. I would jam those guys, and I would make their life miserable, and I would make them earn every yard that they possibly get. Because you're right with Diggs, that little slant when, when he doesn't fumble it, which he has th- yeah. four times this year and lost three. We worried about that. Um, Collar says it's random. I say I'm a little bit concerned. I'm not. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to say you're never concerned about fumbles, but I, I, I think it's more random because he hasn't been. This hasn't been his MO no, in his career. But so I don't, that's why I think it's more random. Than, but I don't. But it's becoming too common now. Yeah, was like it we four? saw it in Chicago. Yeah, four and three lost. Chicago was very co- incredibly costly. Yeah, uh, I, he did it again in Detroit, mm-hmm. right? And then he yep. did it again last night. It, it doesn't. I'm not worried about it, but I guess I'll, I'll always be scarred. By fumbles because of uh, Adrian Peterson. Yes, in all seriousness. Yeah, uh, and heck, we were both in the Superdome in January of 2010. Mm-hmm. I after that game, I can never say, "Oh, it, uh, it's not an issue. <laughs> it's a fumble, but that's okay." No, it's not okay. Yeah. Um, kudos to the Vikings last night, Chip Scoggins. I thought the tribute that they pay they uh, they paid to Peterson by putting him yeah. up on both their jumbo boards, and he actually. Moved in, into sixth place in the all-time rushing list on Thursday night, passing uh, Bettis and Tomlinson. Uh, and they didn't do a video. They just showed him. People started chanting his name. Yeah, That, to me, for all of these teams that are like, uh, Charlie Coyle's going back to town, and let's pay tribute to him. No, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Now, Peterson deserves it completely. Sure. The applause was awesome. The first time back, it was still pretty raw. Well, that's, yeah. I I, I, I just think the Vikings did the perfect tribute yeah. to a guy who, no matter what we think about him, Deserved that moment. For sure. And it was cool because in 2017, when he came back with the Saints, remember, he got booed loudly. Yep. I mean, there was, it was no 50-50 or mixed. I mean, it was – I'm sure there are people that cheered, but it was loud boos. It was very raw still. And, and I, after 16. Sure. And I think – because I did a column on that night and I was in the locker room. I think that stung him, mm-hmm. the, the reaction. I mean, it would anybody. It's kind of like what Favre got – remember when Favre went back to Green Bay? I think that he didn't realize it was going to be that bad. Um. So to yeah. and the, I didn't hear any booze when they, when they showed Peterson up there. I mean, it was a pretty long sustained ovation. Yep. For him. Yep. And it seemed heartfelt. And, and AP so, chance. Yeah. And in an AP chance. And so we talked about last night on our strip podcast. You wonder if that was like, um, kind of not the first step, but melting away of any icy iciness between the two sides, and that kind of setting the the. The ball in motion for you know him being the Ring of Honor, all the things that's going to happen when he retires. He's thir- thirty four now, and I sense that, and I this is just a sense, so I might be totally wrong. I got the sense from last night that Peterson knows it's just about done, 
I think. Now, he had a couple he, moments last night, though. He did, but and and by the way, he shouldn't have played. I mean that that ankle was a mess. He yeah. was he was literally at times. I'm not joking here. Skipping. Yeah, like he looked like a kid skipping. He couldn't really run. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't plant that foot. He didn't want to miss this game. No. So he was no. He wouldn't miss it. Yeah. Um. But I did get the sense that from the uh, moment where he was shown on the scoreboards to just how it sort of played out, that there's recognition there. Yeah. That this is no longer about necessarily. You're not really going to be showing the. And and it, it's sort of sad. Chip. He's on a terrible football team. Terrible. Yeah. He's just trying to get yards now. Yeah. Like I still have issues with with how, how he's how his post-Vikings career or the last few years here mm-hmm. and now have unfolded. Yeah. But I did think that that was a classy moment. I thought on both sides it was awesome. And, and again, I thought the Vikings served a tutorial for all of these all of these teams here who are like, are like you know, so-and-so's back in town, sure. so thanks for playing here. Yeah, and, and I'm guessing it'll be one of those things, the one-day ceremonial Viking where you retire as a Viking and then yeah. – it's going to be a ring of honor. I don't know how long you have to wait to do that, but he'll definitely be in the ring of do honor. Do they retire his number? Well, they don't retire numbers, though. They here. really don't. They don't. I mean, it's... If uh, you don't retire Mosses, I don't think you can retire I don't think they they don't retire. They just put him in the ring of honor, right? That's their policy? Well, they've got retired numbers. No, because they, they retired uh, Chris Carter. Did they? Okay. No, they do retire numbers. Okay. But they I thought ha- the but ring of honor was in, in lieu of retiring no, number. No, no, no. They've got a bunch retired, and they retired... 80 for Chris Carter. Well, if you're not going to do Moss. But if you're not going to do Moss, I don't yeah. think you can do P- Peterson, which sounds crazy, but I don't think you can. We're, we were talking about Peterson, uh, first bout? I think he is first bout. First bout Hall of Famer? I, I think there's an argument to be, be made that he shouldn't be, but I would. I saw him. He was an MVP, I, man. And so, so did you. Yeah. You know, well, the case that I laid out for him was from 2007 through 2013. Sure. Before the child abuse charges came up. Um, I think six of those seven years he was over a thousand yards. What he did in 2012, coming off the torn ACL, was the greatest thing. Yeah. I saw it. It's yeah. one of the greatest athletic feats we will ever see. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think he's in Canton for sure, and I would not be offended one bit. First ballot. Yeah, and I I just think, um, he was like a generational talent mm-hmm. when you know from that rookie year on to the MVP year to. I mean, he had his flaws, obviously, as a as a but but just as a pure runner, not the modern day running back where you got to catch right. in three down. Well, and, and the game and, that's, and the game's evolved. I was, I was going to say the game evolved in the midst of his career. Sure, and so his flaws became people looked at it as a sign of you know he's not a complete player, and and, right. and maybe that's true, and it well probably is true now the way running backs are used. But I mean, whether he's first bout, second bout, but he to me he's for sure a Hall of Famer. And he was those those years were phenomenal. Yeah, but when you tear your ACL on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve and you come back the next year and you don't miss a regular season game and you rush and become what eight seventh yards. player? Yeah, eight yards from the record. Two thousand yards, eight yards from the record. Was it twenty ninety seven? Whatever. Yeah, he's eight yards from the record. Yeah. I remember? Yeah, that is off the charts. And got that team. I don't say ever say single handedly, but to the playoffs with mm-hmm. Christian Ponder. Oh, I know. No, there's I listen. There's things he did on and off the field yeah. that I didn't like, that I object to. But when you're talking about generational talent, and and also I think part of this is how many guys have we covered where you look at fellow professional athletes, some who are pretty good, and they're in awe. In awe. Well, that's that's the thing. Moss made people in, in awe. Favre made people in awe. And I think Peterson, Adrian without a doubt, made sure. people in awe. And you're Adrian Peterson. Oh my God. Yeah. And and. Rivals looked up to him. 
defense coordinators changed their defense because of them, the way they played them. So, yeah, I mean, those things to me just – when you force defenses to really either draft differently or teams draft differently, like, you know, Moss in the NC North team started drafting differently when, when he was here because – No question. You know, you needed help over the top. And I think – I don't know if teams drafted differently because Peterson, but they definitely played them you know, put eight, nine guys in a box to yeah. try to stop them. So, yeah. Do you think that we are, with, with the way the game is constituted today, and certainly guys like Dalvin Cook get a ton of touches both through the air and on the ground, do you think that we're ever going to see another 2,000-yard season rushing-wise? I, I don't say never, but I think it'll... Because jobs it'll, are split now, too. It'll more. have to be a special case because teams want to have two now. You don't, I mean, because it, it, it's proven that if you do that, those running backs are going to have a short shelf life. Mm-hmm. They just are. If you, if you don't spread it out and have a couple and use them differently, if you just want to line up guy in 30 to 32, 35 carries a game, I mean, that's going to – well, I was looking at Peterson. How many times – he went over 300 carries twice, right? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, and so – um, yeah, I think it might be a long time. I think it had to be a really – and teams just don't run the ball as much anymore. No, so you know. and you've got to be able to catch now. I mean, part of the reason why guys like Peterson had those years is because some of them, not all, were one-dimensional. So they really didn't catch many passes, and they ran the ball constantly. And that was fine back then. But I do think it might be a long time Yeah, in, unless there's some type of shift back towards – I don't think there will be. I don't think there will be. I mean, I guess – 2,000 yards comes up again. Yeah, I think – I think what we're seeing now with the the pass catching ones with those type of backs, and I think Dalvin, we're seeing it here, is like the perfect mold for today's running back. Absolutely, you know, maybe eighteen to twenty two carries, five to seven catches mm-hmm. a game, and then and he gets spelled as well too. Hey, and Madison their, gets their backup running back ain't bad either. No, he's not. He is good. No, he's not. You know what, Spielman, the top of that draft, and I, I joked about the fact that he kept trading down, and it drives me nuts. Yeah, the top of that draft, he's, he did a pretty nice job. Yeah, I know. Garrett Bradbury has started to play pretty well these last four games, which is why Elf Line struggles, I think, now are more noticeable because the rest of the lines actually mm-hmm. solidified itself. Um, Madison's really good. Irv's, I'm waiting for the Irv Smith transition with Rudolph to completely happen. Yeah, it's funny because like, when you watch Irv Smith catch a pass or go out and catch one, you're like, man, why don't they throw it to him more often? And Kyle can no longer run. Really. Yeah, I know. But is there's also... And I don't want to say that, you know, they have too many weapons, but when you got Dalvin, Thielen, and Diggs, oh, yeah. you, 80% of the time you want the ball in their hands, right? And right. So there's only so many more touches available out there. And so I, for the time being, I just don't see Smith getting, I think, if he gets three to four catches, that would be a good game. But, he, but it, it looks like the Vikings are sitting on a big-time talent. I think so, yeah. That, he can I mean, run. That shit looks like he's, he can run, and, yeah. And I'm trying to think of the times that I've seen him play so far in the first uh, eight games where I've thought, ooh, that wasn't a good play by him. I can't really think of one. Now, I don't know all, all the nuances of blocking. I'm sure, yeah. But I'm just saying, ordinarily, with a rookie, there's a play here and there where you're like, ooh, I just noticed, that I looked did, rough. And you don't see that really from Yeah, me. and I, you know, I didn't cover the, uh, the Detroit game. I watched it, but I didn't notice it. And they ran the same formation last night, and I, it stuck out when they put the three tight ends on the one side. Yeah. That's pretty creative. They started the game with that, didn't they? Yeah, it was the first play they had. Yep. Um, the three tight ends lined up to the right. Hey, Chipper, I'll tell you this. I think the offense these last four games has made almost perfect sense. Yeah. And here's the and this might be as close as I've seen the Vikings come to doing this um, in the time that we've covered them. 
it really looks like they've sort of gone to the Patriots game plan mode. Whatever it takes. Which is, yeah, we'll yeah. just plan for what you do to us mm-hmm. as, as opposed to – and I should give credit here. Pat Shermer probably did the same thing. Yeah. But, you know, how many times did we cover a Vikings offense where they were they were basically saying, these are our principles, this is what we do? Um, how, I really like what I'm seeing now. Yeah. It's basically like, oh, you're doing that? We'll do this. How much of, of was that was – whether it's children whoever – that was just okay. Muskies. We're doing our yeah. We're doing our offense, and no matter what you do, or how much it was, it this is our personnel. We got to run Adrian because we don't really have a plan B in terms of wide receivers or a quarterback. Been, but, but aren't there times where you say to yourself, "Why don't you just tweak this a little bit?" Yeah, sure. Be more flexible. Well, we, yeah. This is the offense, and it's going to work. It goes I promise back to you. The yeah, defiance yeah. of these people I know. at times, which well, really confuses so, me. They get so married to their system, and they think it's... I mean, Philadelphia defensively came in here with one of the dumb... And that's Jim Schwartz. Came in here with one of the dumbest scheme yeah. game plans I've ever seen. Well, and I don't think... I think there are coaches that believe that this is my system. It works no matter who you put in there. Yep. And I just... I never believe that. It's like, your personnel dictates whether it's going to work or not. So, you, you know, play to their strengths. And I think that's what... It's funny, man. You look at their eight games. They've won, like, four different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, run pass the ball ten times. You know, air it out with with cousins throwing deep. Mm-hmm. Last night, I would say it was just kind of managing it, and it was Thursday nights aren't are, I think are made got, for style points. It's just do exactly. whatever, just do whatever to win. But it was a bridge. I, I'm calling this a bridge win. It got you. No, seriously, it <laughs> yeah. got you, to Kansas City. Yeah, that's like exactly. it's just a bridge win. Yeah, like okay, you're favored by sixteen and, and a half. You won by ten. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, you're right. Style no points. Injuries. Exactly. Quick game, two thirty nine. I think or something. That's awesome. Rob Manford, take notes. Um, <laughs> no injuries really. Yeah, and it wasn't pretty, but it was very effective. Yeah. So it wasn't like you fell apart. Yeah. It was a great bridge win. And you're right. Thursday night games and Thursday night games just aren't good. I mean, it's a dumb ask of players. Yeah. It's a dumb time to play games, but it worked out. Fine. You see it too. Like those Thursday night games, just the tackling sometimes can be atrocious, and especially trying to tackle Dalvin when you're already tired and sore. I think it's the dumbest. It's like, forget it, Chipper. I think it's the dumbest ask in all of professional sports as far as scheduling goes. Yeah, it dumb is. Uh, in I mean, the eyes of the holder, because they'll look at it as like it's a complete money maker. Oh, it's a cash for, cow. Yeah, it's, but it's a as money far as grab. like a, abuse yeah. of, like if I were to tell being unfair to uh, yeah the players. Yeah, if I were to tell a group of players in the NBA, MLB, NHL, or NFL, I think you should strike because of, like this should be a platform. Yeah, if you if if we're gonna have three reasons why you're striking, I think Thursday night football is one. I would say you can't do this, or unless you get the teams the bye the Sunday before. Yeah. Something like that. Or back-to-back on hockeys. Yeah, but even that, well, and I do agree, but even that I don't think is... a physical sport. Yeah, I just don't think it's as big of abuse as bringing people back four days after yeah. what players routinely compare to car crashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, you, yeah. say, oh, hey, go, go get them. With, by the way, with a game plan where ordinarily teams get to spend three days, plan- yeah. two days planning. Yeah, and I, we talked about this last week, but I mean, we've been in enough locker rooms and see these guys. It, it literally is a process from Monday to get ready for Sunday for mm-hmm. those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, like cold tubs and massages, and, and they do it all week. And to say, okay, we're going to take three days away, and you you still have to be prepared physically. It just, I mean, it's not, it's it's unrealistic to think that these guys, and it's just, it's. I think it's a bad deal, but 
I think if Goodell could add another day, if he could add Wednesday two, and, oh, yeah, and make two, it a billion dollars, he would do it. They'd you know? play Tuesday Night Football if they yeah. could. Oh, God, yeah. They're so greedy. <laughs> um, so la- last thing on the Vikings. They're 6-2 and two now. Uh, coming when you covered the game in Chicago at Soldier Field yeah. to today, how surprised are you by the sea change here? And granted, the wins have come against. Yeah. The Detroit win impresses me. The Philadelphia win, their secondary is a mess. I'm still sort of impressed. The Giants and Washington wins don't really impress me. But as a guy who walked out of Soldier Field that day, which and it felt like all hell was breaking loose, Yeah, where do you stand now as far as surprise? I would say, I don't want to say very surprised, because you knew the schedule was going to set up for them to get get on a roll, because you just saw the teams, like they're playing some pretty crappy teams here, you mm-hmm. know. But I think it's the way that, Cousins bounce back more than anything, and I don't know if they'd ever admit it, but I feel like they're this offense is um more. I think they opened up things and tried and and, and incorporated more bootlegs and definitely more um, kind of creativity uh, with the screen passes, and we saw. Uh, you know, the screen reverse and a shell pass previous week. So I think they're doing more things offensively. So, but I think Cousins, the way he, and I give him credit because, man, the temperature was pretty hot. Absolutely. <laughs> he didn't have, there weren't many fr- uh, friends of Kirk Cousins uh, in this town. And you could sort of tell now he's a little bit defiant now. Yeah. But I actually like That's that. good. I like, hey, the, it, I, I like the attitude. If that helps, Perfect. Make him mad, you know, whatever. But well, And I don't need you... He showed some mental toughness here in, in, he in responding to that. And I don't need him to, you know, after the Cardinals game or the Packers game, to be apologetic. I don't need that. Yeah. So I like this now sort of... Because I, I tried to press him last night a little bit on, you beat Washington. You know, this has to be... The game's done now. You can yeah. talk about it. And he wouldn't go there. Yeah. And he, was, and he was not a jerk. But he was a little bit defiant, like, no, I'm not giving you your answer. Uh... Now, do I like that personally? I'd, I'd like a better quote, but <laughs> but objectively, yeah. I'm like that's the answer. Yeah, because you're not like I'm sorry, I'm not going to go there. There was no like look or in, in his eye, which was well, I'm not going to give you what you want. But sorry. there was a look of bug off. Yeah, and I, I which would, I liked. I would love to know like if there was anything. I don't know if they'd ever reveal it, but after Chicago, I think that whole locker room was shaken. I agree. I think the whole organization was shaken because he was so bad. The offense was so bad. You know, Diggs was about to pop off. Mm-hmm. Thielen expressed his frustration. I, I was in that locker room that night, and there was it was as quiet as I've heard a locker room. And and I think there was you know I think there was like a uh oh moment. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if 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 Cousins did anything, talked to anyone, if he you know what it was because, like I said, he he showed some toughness because that. That was like a pivotal moment in his career here. Like that could have gone really, really south if he had it. If he would have struggled that next game, I'm not saying they're gonna bench him, obviously, but I mean it might have been a point of no return. It could have fallen apart. Yeah. Don't your reporter senses tell you that the digs going AWOL for two days is the tip of the iceberg? I think so. And that yeah. We don't know what. I think there was a lot of screaming matches. I think there were a lot of doors slammed. I think there were feelings probably hurt. Um. But it might be the be- it might be the greatest thing that could have have taken place, but you know, Chipper, you tell me. Remove the contract because Diggs yeah. is signed that had nothing to do with his contract. 
How many athletes have you covered, professional athletes, who disappeared because they basically looked at the game plan? Because that was it wasn't yeah. a Cousins protest. No. They looked at the game plans or the usage of things and said, clearly, you guys are idiots. Yeah. And so I think we are – I think the whole he's fined more than $200,000 thing, I think we know surface level – and I think there is a major, major story about those days that followed the Bears' loss mm-hmm. and what happened. Yeah, and you wonder, too, if, if um, the offensive coaches with, with Zimmer didn't sit down, what, you know, whether it's Tavansky Kubiak and said, yeah. you know what, he ain't wrong. <laughs> no, I think that's exactly what happened. I think they went to – I think my guess is because Stavansky and Kubiak, who I believe have become the same person now, they're just sort of like <laughs> – Gary Kevin. <laughs> Gary Kevin aren't dumb, right? Yeah. And Gary's been running this system for a long time. And I wonder if in the days after the Falcons game or week two or so, they went to Mike and said, Mike, we can't run this much. Like, this mm-hmm. makes no sense. And Mike's like, no, we're going to run. We're going to run. And it took something as jarring. Because where I will give Zimmer credit is if you push back at Mike, I think Mike's like, oh, whoa. Uh, and when Stefan Diggs doesn't show up, yeah, like this is not a – this is not a – and it's nothing to do with his contract? Yes. It was in, – in, I don't – yeah, I, I think it's more about and by the philosophical way, more than the quarterback. I do too. And by the way, here's my other guess. When you find out, when the story breaks, that said player who didn't show up for two days and, – and, and we're not talking about practice. We're talking about meetings on Monday because they don't practice mm-hmm. and then one practice and the fine is in excess of $200,000. My guess is said player said something that somebody really didn't like but probably needed to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think there's way – I don't know what it is. But I'd love to know, but I think there's way more to – if this thing gets right and these guys get really good – Somebody's going to get that story, yeah, and it's going to be a play-by-play where I think we're all going to go, oh wow, it makes sense now, yes, yeah. because it means old school SI piece, though. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and because listen, the offense has changed. I mean, yes. it looks different, and they can say all they want about, oh no, it's not really, and you can say, no, my eyes don't lie. Yeah, I mean, just it just looks different, and it looks more creative, and it looks like, hey. Let's use all our personnel, not just you know, try to pound Dalvin. Yeah. Hunt, you know, so let's not just try and keep Mike happy. Like, let's do stuff that makes sense. The other thing that they did, that which were not done for Kirk Cousins' first twenty games as quarterback of this team was, and this is tough, but the realization clearly became okay. If you use Kirk's skill set, like Kirk is a good athlete. Mm-hmm. Kirk can really throw yeah. the deep. The deep ball. Deep ball's great. Yeah. But somebody finally deducted, realized, and or came to the very smart conclusion that Kirk's not the star of the offense. Delvin and Stefan are. But if you use Kirk right with them, I, I told Collar this. I compare him to a really good point guard, mm-hmm. but old school. Yeah. Like Ricky Rubio. Yeah. Really good passer. And, and man, if he's used right, hell of a player, right? Yeah. And, he's, and now he's being used right, and it doesn't make him the marquee player, but he's really good because of it. But he's... The thing that that's really jumped out to me is like, and maybe it's because the line has played better that he's he he's not seeing the ghosts and feeling the pressure that he talked about early on. But he just seems fearless in throwing any pass. Like if it's a tight window, he's dropping which, it in there, which which he rarely did. Yeah, like he did it at times early in 2018. Sure, and then that went away, and it was as if he was afraid to do it. But he's also, you know, last night, for instance, to to your point, they start with three tights, but they get out and start fast and mm-hmm. get him in rhythm. 
And all of these things make perfect sense, yeah. but they weren't doing them all the time. Yeah. And now they are, and it's like, oh, okay, of course. That's what I loved about Pat Shermer's offense. You watched it, and you began to take for granted of, of course he's doing that, because that's what he should do. Mm-hmm. And well, that's what they're doing now. And I, it feels like a perfect marriage between uh, quarterback and signal call, and play caller. Absolutely. Right now. It, a lot like where it felt like with Case Keenum and, and Shermer, where yep. it's just Agreed. like he was just executing – Yep, he was making the right call, and the quarterback was executing it. That's what it feels like now. Like, no matter what call he's making, it just looks right. Mm-hmm. He's making it look just sort of seamless and and easy. Mm-hmm. So, so the Vikings, as we talked about, they're off for ten days now. They'll play Kansas City. That starts a stretch of I think over a five week period because of the bye chipper, where they have three games that I'm dying to see. So we'll pivot now to another team that plays mm-hmm. one more game against a weakling and then has a series of games that I'm also very curious to see. Uh, the Gopher football team at home on Saturday plays Maryland, which is proven not to be a good team, mm-hmm. and they should win, and their, uh, and their uh, record at that point should remain perfect on the season, and then they get a stretch of really interesting games. Yeah. Uh, where do you stand right now with how good this Gopher football team is and and what are we going to learn? Do you think when I believe the next game is Penn State, right? Yes. Well, yeah, and they have a it's Maryland by then Penn State. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So what do we start to learn at that point? I think they're a good team. I think they're a top twenty-five team. I don't know what the ceiling is yet because I want to see them play better teams. Yep. Um, and Maryland is is a bad team, and I think the, I saw the Gophers are at what, 17, 18 point favorites, but they they have had some injuries, and I think they're getting their quarterback. Back the kid that was a the transfer from Virginia Tech this week. So mm-hmm. and he's he's a good athlete. The quarterback's coming back against him. Mm-hmm. That's not allowed. Know, it's, it's You're the supposed to lose a quarterback when you play the Gophers. Um, it's weird because Maryland has good athletes, but they're just so inconsistent. And PJ says you know blamed a lot of it on David. I guess they get hit hard with some key injuries, but but the uh, Gophers still should win. But um, the thing I like and people notice, yes, they've they played some pretty inferior teams, but they've done what they. have supposed to do just hammer them not play down to the level you know competition they just put their foot down and and you know and and go at them hard and so um yeah if they can take care of business saturday that will be and and penn state comes in here eight no they're eight no that'll be the biggest game since 2003 michigan without that to me for gophers don't tell gopher fans yeah i I just think don't bring up the atmosphere will be great um you know, Penn State if they if they come here eight and they're gonna be a top five team, top seventeen, whatever where they're at now. But um they're good, they're fast. Mm-hmm. But I mean the thing about this gopher team is they got the best collection of skill players that I've seen um in my time here. Now, Mesa's team had Maroney Barber running backs, but they didn't have the wide receivers, these guys. I mean you yep. have Three good running Mace, backs. Actually, they, they brought him on from the studio during the Rutgers game, and he said exactly that. No, did he? He said, I didn't have these receivers. No, no. I mean, they got two NFL wide receivers. Yes. You know, Now, I wouldn't put these running backs in Maroney or Barber's case, but they're good Big Ten running backs. I mean, Rodney Smith's really good, yep. you know. Um, but the, to me, the difference is that defense. Dad, I mean, they, they've given up two offensive touchdowns the last four games. Mm-hmm. I mean, or two defenses. Is this coordinator just... Yeah, I think he's good. I think well, good? I will say this: they they have. I think he's a good coordinator. I think the scheme makes sense to the to the players, and so everybody knows what they're doing. I think this group's been together now for a couple of years, but they also have some NFL players on that defense. I mean, Kamal Martin's definitely going to be an NFL linebacker. Sure, Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to be an NFL safety, and and uh, Carter Coughlin is going to be an NFL player. And they may have more, but those three you could just look at and say those 
look like NFL players, you know. Right. And so PJ's done a good job. Of, they have more uh, defensive backs now than they have traditionally. That's always been kind of a weak spot. They got more pass rush now, which is always hard for you know middle of the road teams programs to to recruit because it's just hard to find mm-hmm. you know ready made defense alignment when you're recruiting. So. Um, so they got a good scheme. They got good athletes there now, and and they're playing with a lot of confidence. So, and it's funny because talking to Carter Coughlin this week, he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Monday, he said, "I was in the film room. It was me, Thomas Barber, and Winfield, and we're all just calling out different plays and checks and what we're doing." It's like, I said, "Is that different this year than the past?" He said, "We watched film in the past, but this is just a, taking it to another degree in just the maturity of it." So, um, they got a good group over there, and I mean, obviously, the team's playing with a lot of confidence, but. The challenges will get tougher, you know. I'm going to ask you a very dangerous question. Uh-oh. Do you sense that this is different? Um, and, and I'm talking about different than other good gopher teams you've covered because there's obviously been just a lot of bad teams. But do you sense that this is – like how much – if you're if we're buying gopher stock uh, <laughs> going into this Maryland game and knowing that then, you know, you got Penn State after that and what, you got Wisconsin to end your season, there's a lot of good teams. Yeah, there. it was – I was all in on 2003. I thought that was a Rose Bowl team. Okay. I thought when, when you, you were had, young and dumb, though. Yeah, I was young and dumb. It was my first year. <laughs> I thought. So did Mackey, by the way. I, I thought when you have three NFL running backs, which it was obvious they did then, even though Maroney was a freshman, you could just tell, okay, this is guy's different. But when you had that running game and Matt Spath, and I thought that was their year. So that's kind of scarred me. But I, I feel like this team. I had that same feeling that I had with with that team. I'm not saying this team's going to Rose Bowl, but just like in years past, you're like, man, eh, they're okay, but I, I just don't feel like they're great, you know, or, or they're going to get over the hump. And it, you know, it might be the case with this. I mean, they might, you know, lose four more games the rest of the year. Who knows? But but I feel like they're Rashad Bateman's special. Yeah, I mean, he's a different type. Yes. Tyler Johnson's special. You yes. know, Rodney Smith is a pretty doggone good. Uh, Big Ten running the line back. improving to you? Winfield. Eh. I, was I didn't think they were. I didn't think they were great last week at Rutgers. I mean, they were. How can you judge anything against yeah, that, that program? That you know what Rutgers? I think is the worst team I've worst opponent I've covered. Really? Since, uh, yeah. Wow. And I'm talking about non conference too. I mean, it was it was Judd, awful to watch. Judd, they're at home this week yep. against Liberty. They paid Liberty a million dollars for that game. Liberty's favored by eight or seven and a half points. Wow. Liberty, this is Liberty's second year at Division One. Wow, and they're and they're favored. Who's going to take that job? I don't know. I, I was talking about that with Mark Cool. I was like, I can't imagine trying to be the AD, trying to find a coach for this. I mean, they are so far. And here's the thing: every year you got to play Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. Every year, those four teams. And Michigan State's down now, but you got a petition for some type of restructuring. I mean, how do you how do you ever how do you and that's not even who knows what your crossover is going to be. I right. mean, you could draw, you know, a, and right now it doesn't matter. It doesn't I mean, matter. You, you can't beat anybody. You play St. Thomas, two hundred and seven to four, uh, fourteen. That's what they've been outscored in the big. In why did they bother industry. firing the coach then? I, what good is that going to do when you're that when your well, program's that? Well, I, I think in just to get, just quote unquote to get ahead on the on the coaching search. But so going back to your original question, I yeah. think it's I think it's I think it's different and maybe my famous last words, but I feel like their talent is set up to where like in years past, 
Like, if they had a game at Iowa, I'd be like, you know what? Nah, they're not going to win down there. I don't know if I'll pick them to win in Iowa, but it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me. Right, they they're going to be competitive down there. It, or you feel like they're going to be. Like, Wisconsin coming that. in here, you're like, they got, really, let's be honest. They're, they're, they, in years past, you'd be like, they're not going to beat Wisconsin. Would you say that now? Well, actually, I did till last week when the Badgers lost <laughs> to Lovey. Even then, I wouldn't. Have, I mean, they, they look great, obviously, but um, up until that point. But, I, you know, we've had years where you felt like it was a decent team with the Gophers, and you're just like, okay, they're not matching up with Wisconsin. Right. Well, I don't, I don't feel that this year, you know. So, Do you think fans are catching on? Like, mm, what's your feeling about Ask this? me Saturday. Okay. I mean. Because that's my, you know, that's, I don't have a feel for that. And my curiosity, because the diehards are the diehards. They're sure. not going away. Yeah. But I'm just curious if there's a, but there, and the sports market in this town is so competitive. I'm just curious if there's a point at which people are going to be like, oh. Yeah, well. And you, I feel like people have gotten burned by that before, and that's probably the problem until you beat a Penn State. Yeah, and we, this market jumps on the bandwagon pretty Yes, pretty freely and easily. So, yep. but if if it's not sold out Saturday, it's supposed to be a pretty nice day. What mid or mid fifties? I think sunny. Yep. Perfect fall day for football. Yep. You're seven and zero, trying to go to eight and zero. You're top. You know, you could be top fifteen if they don't sell out a fifty thousand seat stadium in in those conditions. I mean, I don't. Know. That would be depressing tickets? for a guy. Like Are they giving? I, I saw that they did have seven dollars, seven dollars yeah. student tickets. Yeah, uh, which is good. I mean, get them. Yeah. I mean, the problem you is, shouldn't have to do that, but right. The problem yeah. is, I don't know if college kids th- these days, like if it's different if you're in Columbus. Yeah, but I don't know if college kids these days on a campus like this say, "Let's go to the football game," oh. or they say, "Let's turn on our really nice yeah. um, TCL Netflix. TV yeah. and <laughs> watch the football game in yeah. super high def because it's better to watch." But it, it that I would say, I mean, it, I w- and this is a fun team to watch. I agree. It's, it's, it's a fun, yeah. It's, a, it's a, a good group. They've they done got, everything. They, they got stars. You know, once you got past the three non-conference games, yeah, which were all skittish, yeah. Um, they've done everything you could ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, yeah, I just selfishly as a college football fan, and and you know how much I, you just want f- college football to matter, right? And and if they could get to eight zero and possibly get game day coming here with Penn State, that would be a fun week. You know, yeah. Do you think game day is more likely to come for Penn State or for uh, Wisconsin? Well, just to, I mean, LSU Alabama's that week, and yeah. you get two. I mean, it'd be hard to turn. That's down the week that. of the Penn State game. Yeah, or the Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, so that that would be hard to turn down. Right. But, um, you know, if 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 things keep trending this way and you play Wisconsin for the Big West title, that'd be an attractive one too. All right, sir. All right, brother. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Conduits of trouble. We are done because we've created enough trouble for this week. Talk to you later.